Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. Welcome back. And uh, if it's your first time, welcome. We're glad to have you here. We have listeners all over the world now. So excited to hear from folks in India, uh, Indonesia. So excited to join those folks from uh, Europe that we've had recently, Canada and America, over in Australia, and a new one in New Zealand, new family, and uh, just wonderful to hear from all of you. Um, Again, you can check in at jangoldstein.com and uh, find all my books there, my novels, as well as my podcast, or you can check us out as you may be doing on Apple or Spotify or Podchaser, wherever you may find us. Uh, and glad you're listening in. I'm just returning from a, a, a journey back east in the United States where I uh, ended up spending some time working on a new book in the Berkshires and then took a trip with my wife for the last few days up into Maine. And I wanted to share a story about a very special woman I met there because we, we if we're open and we're aware, and I'm not sure we all are because sometimes we're very, very busy with our, our time and, and um, with the many things that we busy ourselves with. But if we're open, if we're aware, we get to meet some very unusual people. And I told you early on in this podcast, which started uh, over a year ago, um, and we've been doing a weekly podcast every single week of the last year and some odd, uh, a little extra time there. And we're very excited to do that. Tune in every week, another 12 to 15 minutes, just to start our week off and what's called a positivity podcast. And so glad so many of you have embraced that name. Um, but you get to meet a person. I, I met a gas station attendant as a young boy who really just loved what he did and knew every single piece of the car just by a ping, uh, he could tell you what was going on. And uh, his name was Mike Corey. And if you go back and listen to my early uh, podcast, you'll find the one about Mike Corey. Um, but I got to meet another uh, person this time. Uh, and I call her the Coffee Queen of Kennebunk. Because we were in Kennebunkport, which uh, in Maine was home ground to... President George Bush Sr. and Laura Bush, and they have a beautiful, gorgeous kind of expanding home, um, family home that's been there for a lot of years because that was Bush territory uh, um, where a lot of formative years took place and where the kids would go for holidays. I imagine it's still being used for Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. Uh, on Walker Point there in Kennebunkport. Um, But along there, it's a lovely little town. And we're wandering along the street. My my wife tells me, you got to come over and check this coffee shop up. And she knows I like a good cup of coffee. And she had walked into something called the Coffee Roasters of Kennebunks. And... uh, I walk into this place and in the middle of the shop, of the store, 
sort of an old-fashioned store with, um, you know, some some tchotchkes from the area uh, that you might pick up on the shelves. And, of course, things like little cans of maple syrup and things like that that you might find in New England. But in the middle of this store is this 100-year-old coffee roaster. And I meet this very nice lady behind the counter and I begin to ask her questions. I'm watching the coffee roasting and there's sort of like this arm that comes around and kind of sweeps up the coffee and kind of mixes it together and and make sure that it's roasted at a certain temperature and then eventually at a different part of the process kind of pushes it out after it's roasted, after it's had a sufficient amount of heat. And I speak to this lady and she said, I, I said, how long have you been here? She said, well, I've been roasting coffee for 44 years. I've been doing this for 44 years. And my dad did it before me and then I learned from him and now I'm doing it. So I'm looking at a place and she said, and my father arranged for this coffee roaster, which is 100 years old. So at a place that's been making coffee, a hundred years plus uh, in Kennebunkport. And I say to her, my goodness, you were making coffee before it was popular to get coffee. And I'm thinking of Starbucks and, you know, many of the other, you know, more modern versions, coffee shops that are uh, ubiquitous throughout the world. And she says, what do you mean before it was popular? It was always popular here. In other words, in this little corner of New England, we always had good coffee. People would come in to talk to my dad and get a cup of coffee and talk about the roasts, uh, the different kinds of ways he would roast the coffee because she had all kinds from Vienna roast and French roast and you know Costa Rican and all, all, all different forms of coffee. And each roasting process was different, a different timing, uh, and different heat and uh, fascinating. She said it was always popular here. People come in for a good cup of coffee and to talk. And it reminded me of my own dad, uh, you know, who ran a restaurant in Burlington, Vermont, Henry's, and how people would come in for a good, you know, a slice of fresh pie, uh, which they made every single day, uh, wonderful baked goods, in addition to the, you know, lunches and breakfasts and dinners they would serve. And and they would come in sometimes just to talk. And my father is what, what they would call a kibitzer. He was a storyteller. And he would kibitz and he would talk to them and share, you know, what's going on with this one and that one. Well, that's what they do, did and do in this coffee roasters of Kennebunks. This woman had such a smile on her face, and her name is Sandra. And I said, hi, Sandra. And she said, I'm, I'm Sandra. And I said, I'm Jan. And we began to chat as I had. She poured me a cup of coffee. I had a French roast. You can go in there for a cup of coffee for a dollar. Is there such a thing still in this world? Yes, in Kennebunkport, Maine. And we had... Uh, cup of coffee together and she describes to me how her father brought this into the store uh, even before her time and how it became sort of the central meeting place and 
that if you wanted more caffeine, you want a lighter roast, and if that that many people don't recognize that the darker coffee, like the French roast, actually has the least amount of caffeine because it's gotten the most amount of heat uh, and is left uh, in the roaster for the longest amount of time and therefore opens up or blooms uh, and, and removes some of the uh, caffeine from it, but has a darker taste, has a darker, a bolder taste. So it was fascinating to hear about that. She said, you know, early on in various countries, they would, when they discovered coffee beans, they would cook them, they would make a pit, a fire, and they would put them on the fire and cook them like popcorn. And that's how you originally roasted coffee, was like on a little pan uh, with a fire under it, uh, much like popcorn. And you would eventually then grind that down and mix it with hot water and, and so forth. And eventually, you know, the more modern process of making coffee. But there it was. The secret was in the roasting. She was very proud of that coffee roaster and very proud of her years of that, of doing service. And I thought, there is a corner of the world where someone takes pride in their work, has been doing it for decades, and may go overlooked unless you turn the corner in Kennebunkport after you cross the bridge and go into what's called this Kennebunkport and Kennebunk. Go into Kennebunk, go along the road there until you see the little turn to coffee roasters of Kennebunks. If you get a chance to meet a woman like Sandra, you get a chance to meet authenticity in the flesh. And I wanted to say that this week, we're starting off November and looking towards a holiday of Thanksgiving for many later in the month. And certainly looking beyond that to holidays and New Year's, um, the tradition carries with it uh, a certain kind of affirmation. Sometimes people say, we want to get rid of the traditions. We want to create new traditions or the new, you know, what's the new ritual, the new way of doing things in life. But once in a while, it's important to be reminded that there are certain traditions that carry with them a merit and a weight. Some are religious traditions. Some are social traditions, like a cup of coffee. Going in and meeting the coffee queen of Kennebunk was an opportunity to go back in time, to be reminded that what my dad did for decades was gather people together in a place that served good food, good coffee, and a chance to reconnect at one end of the day or the other. That's what's happening in Kennebunkport at this little coffee shop with its sprawling choices of different kinds of coffee that Sandra roasts. As she showed me her bags of beans from all over the world that were gathered around this coffee roaster, I thought it represented to me the way we gather. People gather. They gather for holidays, social occasions. It's in the gathering and in the connecting 
that we find the most meaning. So this week, I'd like to challenge each of you. Find one tradition in your community, in your home, in your family that has passed on some, that may get overlooked, but has clearly passed on a message to you that traditions are important and that we connect through them. So when you raise a cup of coffee or tea or whatever this coming week, I hope you'll have an opportunity to think of the coffee queen of Kennebunk. When we take a moment to open ourselves up to encountering authentic individuals in our communities or wherever we travel, we are reminded of the importance of carrying on traditions. Each one of us has come from a tradition, be it religious, be it social, be it national, be it a form of family. Treasure those this week. Give some thought to them and express that gratitude. In that way, we lift ourselves up and those around us to the queen, the coffee queen of Kennebunk, and to you. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this, this is all that matters. Mm-hmm.